live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions in Nashville, Tennessee. This is the Ramsey Show, where America hangs out to have a conversation about your money, your life, your relationships, just about anything and everything. I'm John Deloney, joined here by my good friend Rachel Cruz, and we're taking your calls at 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. Let's go out to Amanda in New York City. What's up, Amanda? Hi, guys. How are you? Thank you for taking my call. Good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm looking for a little bit of advice. I think my situation is a little unique, but trying to look for a little bit of color. Um, So I work full-time at a law firm, and my boss posed the idea of applying to law school and um, inheriting the firm in the event that I was accepted. So I was recently accepted, um, and so now I'm trying to deal with payment of tuition. Um, I'm also fortunate in that my boss is funding half of the tuition, and so it's my responsibility to fund the other half. Um, My husband and I were in the middle of baby step two when I got my acceptance, and so we paused the baby steps to try to cash flow as much of law school as we could, um, but we do still have some student loan debt um, from previous, from my undergrad, um, and so I'm trying to deal with um, the guilt of the possibility of having to take on additional student loan debt um, while also still trying to balance what seems like a really great opportunity. Uh, I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. Okay. okay? It is a great opportunity. It's pretty cool. Your boss clearly yeah. sees something in you and is willing to put um, his money where his mouth is, right? Right. There's yeah. very few things more flattering than that. I think somebody telling you, oh, I, you're my person and I'll spend the rest of my life with you is, is really flattering. And a boss that calls you in and says, I see so much in you. I want you to go get extra training and I'm willing to, to, to foot part of that bill. That's awesome. And right. I was a dean of students at a law school for, for a long time. And the law school debt is crippling. And the panic and the anxiety and the frustration and the movements professionally that happens makes me tell you, do not go into debt. And it can still be a great opportunity and not the right time for this great opportunity. And if your boss says, it's now or never, then he's giving you a hint into his character in a way that you may not want to tether yourself to him for the next four, five, ten years. If he says, absolutely understand, um, circle back to me, and you and your husband get really intense and save up the cash, because I think the uh, a law degree is one of the single greatest credentials you can have. I think it's a super valuable thing, and I'm in awe of people who go through that process. Um, I just wouldn't borrow money to do it. And I know that's hard, what I'm saying. I know that. Yeah, it's definitely like a hard pull to solve only because my husband and I are in our 30s. I'm going back like a little bit later in general. And so how much um, longer do you have left? Amanda? I shouldn't started yet. I haven't started. Oh, you haven't. Oh, I think it's in the middle. I'm sorry. Here's here's what I know. I'm supposed to be starting in August. Did you get into an Ivy League school? No. Okay. I'm going to a local school. It is private. I was given um, a partial a scholarship, so the entirety of the bill between the two of us is thirty thousand. Mm-hmm. He's paying for half of that, and I would be responsible for fifteen. My husband and I, after buckling down, cash flowed like or saved up enough cash flow 
half of that. Mm-hmm. And so I would hypothetically be taking out a loan for the balance. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, I just wouldn't do that. I'd rather say, one, go in and defer your admission, which I don't, outside of an Ivy League school that's just got an incredible admissions pressure, um, I don't know a law school that wouldn't defer in this current climate. The, the tables have turned at most law schools where they're looking for students. Um, when I was trying to go to law school back in the day, or I was thinking about it, um, it was very, very few seats and a lot of students, and that's flipped. And so you can go defer your admission for one year and tell your boss, man, I'm all in. I love this idea. It's just not financially feasible for us. My guess is he's going to say, what's it going to cost? And if you've got some skin in the game, he may meet that. Otherwise, he may say, cool, and say, we're going to make this work in the fall. My husband and I are going to save up a bunch of money, and we're going to go forward with it. And if he asks you, you can say, we just don't do debt in our house. And if he's got a visceral response that's negative to that, I think that gives you a long-term picture of who you're working for, quite honestly. Who's going to, and, and it's just, you're, he's looking at one of your values and saying, well, that's stupid. I'm like, and I just don't know if he's going to do that. I don't think he's going, I don't think he's going to. I think he values you a lot. Mm. And Amanda, do you, um, yeah. how does that hit you though? Waiting a year, just say all of that worked out, right? You're able to defer, save up the money and have it to go in a year. What does that, what does that do to you? I just don't know if within a year you would be able to save that amount of money because over the course of it, I'm doing a part-time program because I would be working um, full-time as I'm going to school part-time. And so it's four years versus three. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just can't see like saving what would be $40,000 in a year. Yeah. But after um, that, I mean, you're, you're talking about raises, you're talking about externships where you're going to get paid. I mean, there's all different ways, especially once you get out of your one L a year, there's ways to get part-time job. I mean, there's ways to make this work. With additional right. resources. You're really struggling to get through the first year and a half, if not two years. And then after that, the, the game changes quite a bit. Uh, how, how old are you? We're 32. That's the other, <laughs> that's the okay. other addition. So yeah. I, I, I <laughs> told this story in, in um, my latest book here. My wife was talking to a couple of friends who were, um, I think they were 35, and both of them, they're all hanging out. And one of them said, "You know what? I, I really kicked myself. I should have gone to law. I mean, to, to med school." And um, this person's spouse said, "Me too. Like that's my dream to always go to med school. But we're 35, and we won't be actually out practicing medicine on our own until we're 42." And my wife, who's very very wise, said, "That's not the question. The, the question is, uh, are you're going to be 42? The question is, do you want to be doctors when you're 42 or not?" So I would tell you is you're going to be 36. You're going to be 37. Do you want to be a lawyer when you're 37 or not a lawyer when you're 37? That's the real question. And if you want to be a lawyer when you're 37, take a year, work like crazy, have your husband pick up a second job because this is a family shift. And you know as well as I do, law school's really hard on everybody, right? So that when I'm 37, I'm going to take the back two-thirds of my life and be an attorney and go help the least of these or do whatever we're doing with our law firm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's real, Definitely real easy difficult. to get. It is. It's so hard. It's so, so hard, especially when it feels like I've got a deal that I've got to move on right this second or it all comes down. Yeah. If you're backed into a corner that way, I'd let the deal pass. That's it. You all, you never make really good decisions when you don't have a lot of options. And it's like, it's either now or never. You're going to make bad I'm decisions in that. That's right. Yeah. So just like take a breath and... And I, and I think it's going to be okay. I mean, I think I think it's going to 
force you to ask different questions and to maybe engage in conversations that are uncomfortable, but it's worth it to do it. So that you don't tackle, you don't put all this debt on you guys here in the next few months. That's exactly right. I think you're going to end up in law school and you're going to do great things and you're not going to owe anybody anything. We'll be right back. certain world, being a good steward of your money is more important than ever. While some circumstances can't be controlled, there are items within your budget you can take charge of, such as your health care costs. For nearly 40 years, Christian Healthcare Ministries, or CHM, has provided a budget-friendly means of sharing for medical bills when our members need it. Learn more by visiting chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Christian Healthcare Ministries is a Ramsey-trusted provider. This is the Ramsey Show, 888-825-5225. I'm John Deloney, joined here by Rachel Cruz. Rachel, we got an event coming up. Tell us about it. Yeah, we're excited about this. Um, It's crazy, just the real estate market right now. I feel like so many people are talking about it. There's so much doom and gloom, and people are thinking, oh, what's going to happen to the housing prices? But... We here at Ramsey like to focus on facts, not feelings. We like to look at the data of what's going on. So next week, we're doing a free real estate reality check live stream. So it's a one-night special on July 14th. George Camel, myself, and Dave Ramsey, we're going to help you understand how the market actually works and then how to navigate it right now. So we're just saying right now, from what everything looks like, it's not going to crash. We're not going into a deep, deep depression like some people are saying on TikTok and Instagram and the news. So we're going to show you the the facts behind it and why it's actually still a good time to buy and sell. So don't miss this event again. It's Thursday, July 14th, next Thursday. And you can register for the event right now for free if you go to RamseySolutions.com slash reality check. RamseySolutions.com slash reality check. I think it's important to um, uh, to put a pin in this real quick. Um, let's say you got in a car wreck when you were 15 and you were making a left turn and you were stopped at the intersection and somebody just T-boned you. Your brain, which is a prediction machine and a threat detection system, that's what it does. Anytime you move into a left lane to make a left turn in an intersection, your heart rate's going to go up a little bit. Your body remembers this moment and it remembers... We got T-boned here. We got, look out, look out, look out, right? And even though Mm. everything's fine, right? And you're going to start, your stress response is going to kick in for you to defend you because your body remembers this. Why do I tell you that? If you lived through 2008 and 2009, we remember this. But more importantly, our bodies remember this. How scared our parents were, how all of a sudden home prices dropped off. The news is doomed. That was really what I feel like the doom and gloom news kicked in and became a sensational thing. And so as we're getting into, yeah, maybe we're heading towards a recession. The stock market's all crazy. We're Everybody's struggling with, with finances. Inflation's out of control. Our bodies remember. And it starts saying, look out, look out, look out, look out, look out, right? And mm-hmm. that's where I think this event is so important because the antidote to that is 
facts, is truth, yeah. right? Is actual data, not um, following that fear into the middle of the intersection, assuring that you get in a wreck, right? Right, right, absolutely. Yeah. So most of us have been through this before. It's when you got to step back. Jocko says you got to detach, right? You got to exhale and say, okay, mm. what is the data? What's this real situation look like? What's it saying? Yep. Yeah. And yeah, and there's just something about that panic. And oh, because you know me, I love a good conspiracy theory. So even those, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? You know, and you kind of are, you're in it and then you're kind of freaking out and then you start making decisions in that world and in that mindset. And it's like, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. You have to look at the facts of what's going on. And in a weird way, the facts are not as exciting and oh crazy and talking it you know they're like there's not like major big talking points of how exciting the actual facts and the data are of like when i mean facts i mean like how many homes legitimately are for sale mm-hmm. legitimately how many new homes what is what does you know supply and demand look like i mean these how are many buyers these are, are there yeah right? this is facts so we're gonna give it to you but it's uh it'll be great and it's just a good to bring you hope too in this time that's right like it's, it's all about saying, hope yes that it's okay we're gonna be okay yes yeah, yeah. our price is higher than they were in 2019 absolutely yes so what are we gonna do about it so what are we gonna do about it so it's um it's i'm glad a, y'all are doing this i'm glad y'all are just bringing some you know, some facts and some data yes. and some peace to this That's madness, right. man. It's so good. All right, let's go to Julie in Raleigh. What's up, Julie? Hey, guys. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Doing great. Uh, first of all, thank you for changing our financial future. I really appreciate all the help you guys give. Today, I wanted to ask about cell phones. We are thinking of upgrading our phones, possibly in the fall. And there are some specials going where you essentially get a, I'm going to call it a free phone. And they will charge your, they will add that payment to your bill over three years, but then they give you that same amount back as a credit over that same period of time. Instead of us shelling out $1,000 per phone, is it okay to just get that free phone over the period of time if it's not costing us anything? What's the credit back? Say that again. So they'll, they'll charge your bill each month for the phone for, let's say, $25, but then they credit that same $25 back on that same bill. Okay, so... their way of accounting. Two things here. First one is, anytime there's a scheme like this, which is what it is, right, I always want to know what's the long-term play. So we know a company whose business is making money. That's their job. They are not going to give away a $1,000 cell phone because they're nice, So what will they get by, quote-unquote, giving you a free phone or basically loaning it to you for three years and giving you a fake charge and a fake credit, a neutral credit? What are they getting in return? Our service for the next three years. Plus what? At the end of this three years, you're going to look down and you are going to feel so good because you have earned, through your hard work and dedication, another three-year contract with him in a free phone. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So they, it's, what I would say, there's, there is no free anything. It's always going to come at a cost. And so I want to know, what, am I get, what, what are they getting out of handing me a $1,000 computer? That's number one. Number two is, I have an aversion. And I don't, Rachel, you can mm-hmm. talk to me more about, the, talk to me more about the Ramsey policy, but I have an aversion to anybody who is trying to, quote unquote, own me down the road. 
And so my funny story is I walked into, I, was, I think I was an AT&T customer at the time. I walked in and said, um, I need to get a new, uh, I'm going to be a new customer. And they started automatically enrolling me into this program where, you know, I, I said, I want to pay cash right now for this phone. And it took three different people. And finally, one guy goes, nobody's ever done this before. And he's like, can you just roll it into the payment plan? And I said, I can't sleep at night knowing that I owe you money for this depreciating asset in my pocket. Can I just pay you a check? I mean, pay you cash for it right now. And they figured out, they finally took my money to their credit, right? They took my credit. They took my money, but... I can't sleep knowing that I owe somebody money. It drives me crazy, yep. Yep. right? So I personally, I opt out of the system. Yes, I don't. Yeah, know. and that's why I told people just yeah, just buy it up front. Do you have the money, Julie? Yes. Yeah, I just buy it, and then you don't think yeah. you don't have to think about it again, and you're not kind of stuck playing that game of what John was even talking about of of this and this and this and this and this and this. So for me, I'm like, yeah, buy buy the phone. Just get the phone. It's yours, and then you're with them. Your contract for three years, or even if you want to opt out, it doesn't mess anything up down the road. So yeah, anything that's going to be tied down that you're tied to them in the future is what they're wanting. So I, yeah, I would just pay for okay. it, Julie. Or if their service interrupts okay. or something goes sideways, there's so many things that happen three years from now. I'd rather just have my phone. I appreciate you. Thank you. And even if that costs me a little, quote unquote, more money, right? Mm-hmm. But it'll be really hard if you've got crummy service and it's been frustrating. And I think I want to change or their towers aren't working so good, or somebody built a building and now the service isn't so great three years later, but I've got that credit on my bill for that free phone. If I just keep it, I'll just go ahead and have, right? So now I'm stuck. Now I'm I'm in the middle of this thing. So it's that, yeah, I mean, it is that form of someone owing you, owning you to a degree. And it may not seem like that big of a deal, Julie. It may be like, oh, it's just a phone. And listen, this is the way everyone does it. But hey, what if, yeah, what if all this comes true and it's like, you know what, man, and you just have the freedom to decide even something as small as your cell phone service. It's peace at night. It's just it's just living your life in freedom, complete freedom. Yeah, Rachel. For me, it's it's become it's it's almost a rabbit hole for me. But it's it just following that thread. Who else has their hooks on me? Like who? Who, yeah. who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Even to the point that Sheila came back and she's like, "Hey, stop sending four months of." money to the electric company right let's just pay the monthly bills like no i don't want them to i don't want them to ever right yeah yeah yeah, and yeah. i went too far but it was i don't want anybody's hooks even if it's as small as a cell phone yep. if it's as big as a fill in the blank i yep. just want to be free make my it. own decisions mm-hmm. yeah it's good it's good all right we'll be right back triple eight eight two five five two two five wonder if you got enough money for your bills or if you can even afford to fill up at the gas station. It's always on your mind and it's weighing you down and it's getting in the way of relationships. You're waking up in the middle of the night. This is a scary time. But listen, you shouldn't have to live with that kind of stress and you don't have to. When you follow a proven plan, 
you'll discover peace with your money. In Financial Peace University, you'll learn the same plan that's helped almost 10 million people budget, save, and spend wisely, pay off debt, and build wealth. Now listen, it's not going to be a bunch of fireworks like uh, some TikTok influencer that's like, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's a plan. And it works every time. And now is a great time to take the course because we just updated a ton of the content. Plus, me and George Camel are now a part of it too. All new videos. Decide today that you're done letting money stress rule your life. And I don't know anybody who's not stressing about their money. You can do this. Get started with Financial Peace University by visiting RamseySolutions.com slash FPU. That's RamseySolutions.com slash FPU. All right, let's go to Jeff in Macon, Georgia. Hey, Jeff, what's up, man? All right, how you doing? Outstanding, brother. How are you? Just fine. As hot as it can be, but we're getting by. It is warm outside <laughs> Same for here, sure. Jeff. Yes. What's up, man? How can we help? <laughs> uh, I've, I've been listening to y'all's uh, program here for just a little bit, not a whole lot, and uh, I've got a little bit of debt, not much. But uh, my question is uh, buying versus building. I personally own a property, and uh, I've got a modular home on it that's paid for. That's not a very old one. It's like a a triple wide. I I guess it's one of the kings of a double wide trailer. But uh, (laughs) he, uh, I I was looking at king of the double wide. yeah, buying a new house because I've, I've actually got like I'm 40 years old, and I've been working at my job for 23 years. Oh wow! So that you know, I mean that that put me starting at 18, and uh, I've got a uh, it's like a government job. I work with a municipality, and I've got 10 more years to work. I can retire at 50, 51 and a half is uh, my set retire date, and. Uh, I'm not saying that I'm not going to work past then, but I probably won't work here past then. That's when I'll probably start making real money. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, my my question is buying a house versus building a house. And around here where I'm at, houses are, I mean, they're high than what they were, but they're not super, super high like everywhere else in the world. But uh, like I said, I do have a piece of property. I do have a slab that's on this piece of property that I was going to make, you know, my shop. But I don't mind giving it up for, you know, if I build a house on it. And I could probably be involved in a lot in the building aspect because, I mean, I, I work for Public Works. I'm a gas uh, superintendent. So, I mean, I know a lot about plumbing, building, electrical, and stuff like that. Okay. So, Jeff, so, how, so you said you don't have a lot of debt. How much is not a lot of debt? Uh, I've got twelve thousand, and uh, I'll probably have it paid out probably first of next year, and it's all linked on one car. Uh, and I've got a bunch of toys, and that was the other thing I was going to ask about is uh, I've got bass boats, my wife's car's paid for, my truck's paid for. I've got I, I do a lot of messing with automobiles, like as projects, and I've got several vehicles that I could sell. Yeah. How, okay. So, how much do you make a year, Jeff? You, you and your wife combined. I, I don't. I don't. My wife isn't able to work because she has to keep our grandkids. Okay. And uh, so it's pretty much me, the sole provider. Uh, I make about sixty-two to sixty-five thousand a year. Okay. Uh, at my job, and okay. uh, that's my taxable income. And do y'all have any other savings? Any uh, savings? I, I keep about you know thousand to fifteen hundred. Uh, 
just for a rainy day, I guess. It's probably not near enough for rain, but I have a lot of sick leave time accumulated, as you would think. I mean, being there that long, I get one day every year, every month. So, I mean, I've got like 900 sick but leave cash, hours. cash, so. though, cash. Yeah, cash. I've just, yeah, maybe okay. 1500 bucks cash. And are me. you guys living in the, the king of the double wide right now? That's correct. That's where you guys are. Okay. You know, honestly, Jeff, I don't, I don't feel like I would, I would not, I don't feel like you're in a good position to buy a house or to build right now. So if I were you guys, I would pay off this 12000 and that could be selling some of the toys you were talking about that you have, selling all of that, mm-hmm. throwing it at this debt, but cleaning this debt up. Uh, and then saving for an actual an emergency fund. So that'll be three to six months of expenses. And then beyond that, start looking at, okay, what do we want our house, the house situation to look like? And so uh, building naturally is always going to be a little bit more expensive, but you can always go and price it out and just say, hey, if I have a builder come in, and since you're great with trade, you're going to be able to help out. You said, you know, maybe things that you, yeah. you don't I have to hide. I could probably build it myself. Yes, yeah, honestly. So I would just, I, mean, I would look first, then, yeah, so I would look to see, okay, how long is it going to take us to pay off this debt if we're aggressive and pay things off? How long is it going to take us to get a fully funded emergency fund? And then what's that date? Mm-hmm. And then have a date in your mind. Uh, so maybe let's just, for easy math, we'll just say next July. So a year from now, uh, we can start looking to see, okay, we're going to start looking at the house situation. And so price out some homes in the area right now and just say, hey, here's uh, the kind of homes we like. Here's what we're thinking. And then back out into the math and say, you know, the way we, we present when you take out a mortgage is that you want to put at least, um, gosh, 5 10% down, uh, ideally 20% so you can avoid PMI, and to get a 15-year fixed rate mortgage and that payment be no more than 25% of your take-home pay. And so use that okay. formula to kind of, kind of look around at homes in your area and see if there's any home that you're like, oh, yeah, that would be awesome to buy. We, you know, we like something like that in that area. And if not, and maybe you say, hey, let's price out building and, again, putting in your trade, what you're good at, look at supplies, all of it, and just price it out. And then it really just becomes a decision for you and your wife to make to say, hey, here's what we can afford. Uh, Here's what the house would be if we built it. Here's a home that we could buy, a pre-existing home. Um, And you guys make that call then. But I would not do that while you still have this 12 grand and no savings. Okay. Yeah, I I could get rid of the, the debt tomorrow just by selling uh like it's attached to a camaro that i've got and i've i've already had like dealerships has offered me 16 for it that i so i could actually do it if i'm I'm you i do it tomorrow and i'd have four thousand dollars towards towards my emergency fund already okay so like i mean like i say i mean that and i've got like i mean i'm not trying to be you know I've got grandkids, you know, and I, I use like this this fourth. We spent the whole weekend on the water. On, I've got a pontoon boat, and I could I could literally asset and liquidate everything I've got to probably not including the Camaro to like forty five grand easy because I've got a thirty foot fifth wheel that's paid for. I've got two other boats that's paid for, and so, I was so, just going to get rid of everything that like the camper in the in the pontoon boat, and everything else can go. You know, Jeff. Here's what I, here's what I promise you. If you go do that. And you get honest about cleaning up your property and you get honest about getting rid of just all these projects and the cars and stuff. Number one, you have a rare ability that most of the people that call the show don't have, and that's to flip a light switch. You could have a fully funded emergency fund and be completely debt free in seven days. Yeah, and I, I was debt free until I got the wind and got feeling old and thought I wanted to buy this darn car. But. 
hey, we Whatever. all made dumb mistakes with our money. It's about getting up and exactly. dusting ourselves off and going again. Then you can get serious about buying a house. It would be unethical for Rachel and I to tell you, you know what, you need to go buy a house right now. Because one thing yeah. or two things go wrong on that house, and you're going to be in a mess. Yeah. So, dude, sell the yeah. stuff, and then you're talking a week, two weeks, three weeks. You're completely debt-free. you got a fully funded emergency fund, and then you and your wife can sit down and have a fun conversation, which is not what do we have to do, yeah. but what do we want to do? What do we, what do we want this thing yeah. to look like? What do we want our back half of our life to be? Man, and I think that's a whole different conversation than what can we afford and how are we going to squeeze this thing out. But you're in a great position, man. And I promise you, she's going to be real happy without all those cars and boats and everything out on the lawn. Man, you're going to give her her yard back, dude. That's going to be awesome. We'll be right back on The Ramsey Show. Triple eight eight two five five two two five. This is the Ramsey Show. I'm John Deloney, joined by Rachel Cruz, and we are taking your calls on money and on life, on anything else you got going on. Let's go out to Anthony in Kansas City, Missouri. What's up, Anthony? Oh, what's going on? How you doing? We're doing all right, brother. How are you? I'm pretty good. It's hot over here, so <laughs> it is cool. making its way across the country here. So, what's up, dude? How can we help? Hey, I was just calling today because I'm trying to get some advice on starting a budget, trying to get out of debt. Um, I don't have any clue on where to start. <laughs> I downloaded the Every Dollar app and I still don't know where to start on anything. So, mm. All right. Starting from scratch. So, Anthony, yeah, yeah so um, what, what what is your situation? How much debt do you have? Do you have any savings? Kind of where are you at? Um, I don't have any savings. I don't have anything like I, I own my my mobile home. Um, I'm about I would say about fifteen thousand in debt. Okay, um, including my car. Is that car, credit cards, student loans? Um, it's more like hospital bills. Okay, and like some cell phone service stuff. Okay, and how much do you make a year? Uh, Thirty-one thousand. Okay. Yeah. What do you do? Um, I drive a forklift for for hostess, actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, Anthony, I mean, yeah, I think one of the best starting places, and what you did, which is great, is is the budgeting. Um, when you do a budget, there is this level of feeling completely in control of your money. And for you, maybe for the first time ever, where you're thinking, oh, gosh, you know, I don't know. I'm getting my paycheck in. I have no clue where it's going. And so what you want to do is you want to do it before the month begins. So we're here in July right now, um, the beginning of July. So you could even say, I'm going to start this in August. So August 1, and you're going to look at your budget for August. You're going to look at your expenses, everything from your, yeah, if you have um, a payment on the mobile home to electricity, water, 
uh, food, and you're going to go down the list, and every dollar has suggested categories already in that budget. So you may could take some of those out. If they don't apply to you, you can add some. And then you're going to put dollar amounts next to all of those categories. And the goal is your income for August minus all of those categories, including giving and saving in your case, will equal zero. So every dollar coming in in August is assigned to a category. You know exactly where your paycheck's going. And since you're starting out kind of at a clean slate, uh, your goal really is a $1,000 emergency fund. That's your number one goal before paying off debt. And so you can use your budget then to be your guide to say, hey, what can I cut? Are there things I can uh, bring in extra income? Could I get a side, you know, a side gig at night? Uh, well, how's a way to raise my income? And where can I cut expenses in my budget? Realistically, I'm not asking you to like spend $20 in food for the month or something, right? You want to be realistic about your budget. Um, but it's a great guide to say, hey, here's where my money's going. Where can I cut to get that $1,000 quickly? And quickly, Anthony, I mean, you're, you're changing your entire life right now when we're talking about money. Like if you have not been on any kind of system, any kind of plan, this is a complete mindset shift that you're about to experience. So things are going to be new. It's going to be uncomfortable. You're going to do things you've never done before. But that's a good thing because you want to start winning with money, which means you're going to have to do things you've never done before. And so that budget and getting that $1,000, that's going to, that's your first goal. And really, it's kind of the thing that I always tell people, it gives you a sense of confidence. And the budget will take about three months to work. So August will probably be a disaster. And that's okay. Give yourself grace. <laughs> September, it'll kind of work. October, it's like, okay, by, no, by, by Christmas for sure, by Thanksgiving, you're going to say, okay, I get it. Like I, I know I, I feel in control and that's going to be able to guide you to getting that thousand dollars and also start working your way out of debt. I just did a lot of talking. I did a lot of talking What's your, yeah. What questions do you have? (laughs) No, that's perfectly fine. I I definitely appreciate it. Um, so a couple questions I have is at at the moment I'm currently behind on quite a bit of bills. Um, my gas for my house is, about a thousand behind my car payments behind about a thousand. Um, and how, then I just, got how did it get that way? Well. Anthony, like what, what happened? Cause um, that didn't I, happen overnight and that doesn't happen one month. That's two or three or four or five months. Yeah. So I have a terrible spending habit for impulse buying Okay. on pretty much every paycheck. So like I'll pay what I think I can pay. And then I'll be like, Oh, I have 200 left. I have to have 200 left for myself. Okay. Um, for, for, for random stupid stuff. Do you, if I'm, I'm asking you honestly and ask you, I want you to answer me honestly. Um, do you struggle with addiction in any way? No, no, nothing. nothing? Like that. Totally clean. Okay. All right. So this is purely, you're just not disciplined with your money. Yeah. Okay. So I'll go out and I'll buy like a, a $75 air purifier or some kind of appliance or I'll go out and just random stuff. Okay. And and when you're doing that, Anthony, is it because it's exciting? Because you're bored? Because like, what's the what's the why behind that impulse spending for you? I would feel like it, it, it's exciting because every time I get money, I'm just like, oh, I have some money I can spend. Yeah. And then I'll just go out and I'll, I'll spend it. Yep. And then after you spend it, when you look back now, where you're sitting, all the air purifiers and all the random stuff you've spent. Has it, has, it, has it been worth it? Is it worth it? No, not yeah. at all. Because then I end up either never use it. 
it's just the paperweight at that it's point. Just, I'll yeah. use it for about a week and yeah. then that's it. Which is human nature, by the way. Everyone does that. We all think if we're going to spend money, it is, right? John talks about this. How I do it too, the, man. How the chemicals in your brain, yeah. it's exciting. Your body, you get a little adrenaline and it's fun and you're like, oh, okay, okay, okay. So that happens to everyone. So for you, Anthony, it's, it's really this moment of saying, you know what, I'm going to be an adult. And there's a quote Dave always says that adults devise a plan and follow it. Children do what feels good. So there's a level, Anthony, that it's like you got to you you're, you have to be a grown up. You have to be an adult. You got to pay your bills. You got to say no to yourself, even when you really really want it. And so, um, on a very tactical side, before before this call gets short, is I want you to catch up on all of your bills before anything else. And so, Anthony, I'm I'm gonna really press you. I want you to get one or two extra jobs today. I want you today. Like you, you have to radically do something different because if you keep doing what you've been doing, you're going to keep getting what you've been getting. And so bringing in income and then you're cutting everything and to say, you know, what, I, I will not, I will not spend on this. But you talk about this too, the behavior change aspect though. Yeah. So look, dude, put, you got to put some hurdles between you and this impulse. Okay. Uh, we, Rachel and I talked about on a previous show, it's the gap between stimulus and response. I want to go buy this thing. I need this. To, I, I need to go buy this thing. I need you to. That, that's the gap you've got to control because that's what's getting you in trouble. What does that mean? Take your debit card out of your wallet and leave it at home. Don't leave with it. Make your lunch and take that to work to where that's all you have. And if you forget to take your lunch, you don't eat that day. You won't do that very many times before you get really hungry and you start making your lunch, make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or some beans and rice or whatever it is to get to work. Make it, take yeah. get rid of Amazon Prime. Just just delete it. Make yourself have to jump through a bunch of hoops to go spend money, and that will give you some space on your way to jumping through all these hoops to say, whoa, 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 what am I doing? What is my body trying to tell me? What am I trying to avoid? What am I embarrassed about? What am I ashamed about? And my guess is you work real, real hard, and it's annoying to you that you can't just go get what you want. Is that fair? Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. You bust your butt every day, and you do work in the heat, and it's hot, and it's hard. You're driving a forklift. You've got a skill that other people don't have. And, dude, I just want to think air purifier, and I can't afford it because they're about to shut my gas off. And so the, yeah. the, the not nice way of saying this is you are broke, and you're in a scary position. You're about to lose your home, dude, right? Yeah, yep. So as Rachel said, it's time to do everything differently, Right. Opposite. <laughs> How old are you, Anthony? Opposite, Anthony. I'm 32. 32, yeah. okay. Well, I'm excited for you because I really do. Hang on the line. Austin will pick up. We'll give you a subscription to Ramsey Plus because that adds in every dollar in the videos. But, Anthony, I want you to be radical. I want you to do the opposite of everything you've been doing. I want you to work like crazy, and I want you to pay your bills instead of paying for air purifiers. Yes. Change it up. You can do you it. Can you do can do it. do it. All right, we'll be back for another hour on The Ramsey Show. It's Rachel Cruz, co-host on The Ramsey Show. If you want to do your debt-free scream live on the show, visit RamseySolutions.com slash debt-free scream. We'd love for you to come to Nashville and tell Dave your story. That's RamseySolutions.com slash debt-free scream. 